Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, and welcome to Planantial's Future Rich Podcast. I am Barbara Ginty, your host and also a CFP, and I'm sure you're sick of it by now, but CFP stands for Certified Financial Planner. And tonight, I'm really excited. We have a really interesting guest. I don't even know her fake name yet. So would you like to introduce yourself? My name, my fake name is Rosita. Ah, I love it. And Rosita, where are you currently located at the moment? I am currently located in... Antigua, Guatemala, in Central America. Very nice. And now, but do you live in Guatemala? Um, I, I kind of, I'm kind of living in multiple places. I would say my home base is Honduras. Okay. Um, but I come here for about every two months, do a two-month stint, um, then head back, make a jump to the States. It's kind of what my whole last year has been like. Wow, and that's what so this interesting. Year- yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's it's not normal. I'll say that. Much. Hey, there's no such thing as normal. Everyone has different paths. So what? Uh, so what is your job? Like, what do you do? How old are you? Um, I guess cost of living is going to be totally different than all of our other podcasts. So I'm interested to know what you make and what what your cost of living looks like, like rent or own that kind of stuff. So I work in um, international development. I work for an organization that supports women's development in Latin America. So I guess in terms of at this point in time, because I'm doing so much field work, I don't have a lot of my rent is super low. Okay. Um, when I'm in the field, I don't um, pay for housing now, which is great. That's great. Uh, yeah. A lot and of what my kind of costs- women, like what kind of women development, like, job development or we we specialize in um financial services for uh low income women and we're in we work primarily out of six countries in latin america um but we also provide services um such as health and education um to kind of supplement uh, supplement the financial financial service component and kind of give a more holistic offer an option to yeah, low, and I would imagine it's women. all tied together a bit, right? There's overlap with all of those areas. Yeah, absolutely. And like, it, for example, in some countries that we work in, um, you know, we we provide micro insurance to some women, but a lot of it is actually, I mean, our biggest service that we provide is micro insurance, micro um, loans, rather. Got it. Okay. So that's the main, the main uh, work that we do, and um, we have over. 200,000 clients in the six countries. That's fantastic. Yeah. Now, is it a U.S. base? Are you paid in, this might be a dumb question, are you paid in U.S. dollars or like how does this work? Well, it, no, this is this is what's actually the, uh, I think if you work in international development, you're always like, what is your deal? How is it working for you? Yeah. <laughs> um, if you 
foreigner um, <laughs> and you're living in the countries where you're either working or because you're um, in a U- you're a U.S. You know, citizen, right? And you're so you're not yeah, a citizen so, down there. Yeah. Okay, so okay. immigration status and having access to the banking systems become uh, an issue typically. Okay. So yeah, I, I am currently paid in um, out of the the U.S. office, and I, I've I've kind of gone through a couple iterations of contracting with them on a local level, then as like a 1099 in the states, and just last week I got picked up as a um, a regular full time employee again, which I'm very happy about. Oh, that's great! So you're a full time employee, technically out of the U.S. office. So you're paying yes. U.S. dollars, and then do you get benefits through them too? Like, do you have access to 401k and health insurance through them? Does health insurance work down there if you have it out of the U.S.? Yeah, that's a that's a negotiating point I have okay. this week. Okay, <laughs> I am like the um, the only. It's actually been excuse me an ongoing negotiating point, <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's it's difficult to access benefits um, that are not specifically tailored to like your sort of situation. Now I will have like a um, a retirement plan. You know, it's it's through a nonprofit organization in the states. Okay. Um, so I will have access to that again. I literally just got put back in their system like four days ago. Nice. Um, yes, which is. Is a, is a relief, but yeah, health insurance is another point where I'm like, oh, excuse me, wait, this still doesn't work. I still <laughs> need a different option. So I read through um, the manual and I don't fit in there. <laughs> so it was something I indicated before, but I guess you didn't catch. I still don't have what I need. So um, yeah, so that that I'll have to bring up soon um, moving forward. But yeah, excited to have a retirement plan again. Um, and to have access to like other general benefits. Nice. And um, then, so what are you making a year, a year with this new full-time? So my new full-time, I'm making 65 K a year, which is incredible for the region. That so, sounds fantastic. Yeah. I, I, um, it was a real, well, I, I was making a lower rate as a contract last, as a contractor last year out of the local offices. So I was working out of their Nick, Nicaraguan entity. Okay. And um, yeah, I was not getting paid that much. And they bumped me back back to the US entity. And I came with a really great raise. So I'm really happy about Congrats. it. Congrats. That's really exciting. Thank you. It's exciting yeah, that you get to do of... such great work, but also have an income that you can live on. Absolutely. I think, I mean, I, I've, I've still been wrapping my head around it um, right now, because everything financially that I kind of was like the limitations I was living in and mm-hmm. I, I was still doing really well for the region and still able to save, um, I would say recuperate savings, um, okay. after like grad school and tons of odd jobs, um, you know, that I, I was able to save up this year. And now I'm just like, Oh my God, what am I going to do with all this money? I can't wait. <laughs> So, well, perfect timing because I'm, I'm gonna be like, this is where we're gonna put it. This is what we could do. <laughs> yeah. This is this is uh, these are the sort of tools and advice that I need now because I I actually now it's not it's it's feels it's, much more practical that I can actually uh, I don't know use invest money a bit more and and I guess I don't know I I feel I would like to feel more financially literate and like I'm planning towards a future. Um, Instead of like 
think I'm, I might be stepping out of that stage where you feel like you're always scraping, which I think a lot of millennials feel like. Um, yeah, I feel like it but, turns a corner. And when it does, you're like, this is really exciting. But oh, wait, hold on. This is a little overwhelming because I'm not exactly sure how this works now. Yes, that's basically where I'm at. And, you know, plus student loan debt and, you know, just figuring out how to structure things so that I can do what I want eventually and, and yeah. make good investments Absolutely, is and where, is where I'm at. Perfect. Well, this is perfect timing then. So yeah. it sounds like for housing, you don't really have a housing cost need at the moment. If you're doing field work, they, they pick that up for you. Is that about yeah. right? So what does it yeah, cost basically. you monthly that you need to live on? And can you give that to me in a U.S. dollar? I will do. Th- I will get you on that U.S. dollar. Okay. Um, so... <laughs> Just so we don't have people so, uh... like listening to the podcast, like whipping out a calculator, being like, and this is the exchange rate <laughs> at the current time. <laughs> Yeah, so I would say on a monthly basis now, I pay about $20 for my phone service, maybe 25 because I get 50 covered by work, which okay. is great. And then I have, uh, you know, food, going out to dinners infrequently, but that adds up. Uh, but I would say regular groceries, probably like $60 a month, more or less. Um, you do realize people's jaws are dropping, right? When they're listening to the podcast, because we do, we've done so many major cities where they're like, food's like $500 a month if I'm really, really good. (laughs) It's only me right now. I would say, so in Honduras, where I live with my boyfriend, that I do have a little bit more cost. So that I'll, I'll, um, pitch in on the rent. That's where most of my things live at this point. Um, I love that my things live there. I'm I'm there sometimes, but my things live there permanently. (laughs) My things are there all the time. Um, and when I'm there, I pay uh, a portion of the rent. Okay. But yeah, the when I'm not there, my my things get to live there for free, which is nice. Uh, <laughs> That's really nice. Oh, gosh. But yeah, so I, I would say like right now, I, I would probably go out. I probably go out to like two nice dinners, maybe three a month. And the, the, the restaurant prices around here are pretty comparable. Okay. So maybe I spend like hundred hundred dollars on going out to dinner okay. a month. So we have like phone service, groceries, dinners out. What about transportation? Transportation is pretty light. Okay. I um I do mo- I mostly walk, and then the local transportation is you know a, a couple of dollars um, a ride, dollar and a half, one fifty. Um, and I probably, I probably don't spend more than, probably not more than $5 a week on that, if that. Okay. So um, we'll just... In Honduras, I spend a little bit more because we, I'll gas up the car. So okay. I'll maybe spend 40 or $60 uh, in, in a two-month period on that. So it sounds like you're, in, you, so your expenses are going to vary depending on where you're located. But if That's getting... my biggest issue. That's yeah. what? That's my biggest issue is that I'm like, oh, I'm going to save. And then I'm like, but I have a trip to the States. And then I'm, I, I like don't plan for any of it. And then I'm like, oh, that was a rough one. Oh God. That was a, that was a lot that time. Because it sounds um, like for where you are right now. So with the phone, groceries, eating out, transportation, it's like coming to like 200, a little, maybe 225 a month. Yeah. That sounds, that sounds about right. 
Okay. I would say, you know, I've got like normal subscriptions too, like Netflix. You have normal subscriptions? <laughs> normal subscriptions. <laughs> okay, Other so you're like. Our money out. <laughs> you don't have Amazon Prime, do you? That wouldn't be, make sense. I do still because okay. I like. Because of the um, shows? Yeah, that Miss Maisel. I uh, like that, that one. That is a good one. It was really good. I got some, but I, I've been thinking about canceling Prime because it's expensive to not. Because um, you don't get the shipping, right? Yeah, you don't get the shipping, and you don't get full access to all the shows. Yeah. So okay, so maybe yeah. that gets cut. Yeah, that that could probably get cut. You could just re up it next time when you know Miss Maisel three comes out. Yeah, exactly. That's a good idea. Now, what about student loans? You mentioned you went to grad school. Yes, it was incredibly um, expensive. Um, <laughs> It always is. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I like think about it at times. Sometimes I'll wake up at night and be like, why did I do that? Good God, why? <laughs> but uh, it got me this job right now. Yeah. Um, I mean, this sounds like a great uh, job. Yeah. Yeah. It 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 is. It, you know, as long as it keeps on keeping on. Um, but yeah, generally, I I have like every, I don't know if it's good or bad, but every time I've had to recertify my my income yep annually I've like been in a precarious like not really contracted but like going to sign a paper in a few weeks so I pay like $33 a month uh, in loan uh oh that's that to me is a red flag that that I mean I'm assuming it is <laughs> this <laughs> I I feel like the the least educated uh about what I should be paying on my loans and how to move forward with that. So the loans are tricky. And like, I think probably the listeners are seeing a theme here, but I need to know which income-based repayment program you're in. Are you on income contingent or the actual income-based repayment? Do you know? I think it was income-based because every time, like I I was like in between contracts, so I was technically unemployed every time. Or I like claimed a very small amount, like from either like a random contract or you know, some, some sort of contract work, but I think I was on income based. So you're on the income uh, based repayment. So it's a percentage of your discretionary income and then it's forgiven after a number of years. Does that sound right? Yeah, that sounds right to me. I will believe that. (laughs) Where could I maybe, (laughs) see, I feel like I just have the worst time, um, I guess just navigating it. I spend, I think I spend way too much time on the phone with these people. And then I just get overwhelmed and then I, I'm like, oh, okay, maybe I won't have to do that for six months. Um, yeah, so and then- talking to them sucks. And I also have people email them and they like write these super vague emails, which, I mean, can you imagine if you got a mortgage for the amount that you have your student loan debt and they're like, well, we're not exactly sure if we're going to tell you what type of mortgage you have. Like it might be fixed, it might be variable. It might be this rate, it might not be. I just feel like getting the information from them needs to be really clear. It needs to be like, you're in this program, these are the rules, this is how it works. You did certify you are in like they just make it so complicated and I've been on the phone with them too and I'm just like what a waste of time I just feel like we talked in a circle and I have no more information than I did when I started the call that or I like I may ask I feel like I I'm like because I feel like a gap in financial literacy I think and I'm like oh man this sucks that I'm like uh, a grown-ass woman uh with like a, a master's degree and I still feel that uh, extreme like gap in knowledge. just being able to yeah. yes just being able to to ask 
questions, informed questions, and understand the responses. Because I, I just think, I feel like I go in circles with them, and I end up being like, oh, my God, thank you so much. That was a great call. I think I got it now. And then I'm like, do I got it? I'm like, not, I'm not sure, but I have no more time for, for this call with them. <laughs> So your time is expired. I can't work into it. I feel like that's been the circle in the cycle, like every interaction I've had. Oh gosh. Um, okay. Well, let's figure out these loans. How much do you have in student debt? Oh, it's so upsetting. So it's I. I this is where I'm like, good lord above. But it's one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Okay. So you have you got a you got a good amount there. Yeah, I mean it's horrific. It's, yeah, it's, it's daunting. I'll wake up and I'll shoot up in the middle of the night from my bed and just be like 150 grand. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I definitely need some, some help figuring out how to, to tackle that. Cause well, I, I've just thought, well, I guess I never will. <laughs> no, we want to get rid of it. We don't want this to be with you forever. Well, I, I guess I've had questions because I do work in like the nonprofit, um, world yep you know i i think i naively was like yeah i'm gonna do a really expensive grad school and i'll just apply for public service loan forgiveness yes and that i i think was folly i'm not really sure i read scary articles about it um every once in a while about how it's not kind of not like a a real program i don't know that i i want it to be so I can reap this benefit. And that's another me- uh, reason that I'm like very, very happy that I just got taken back on at the main office um, because I can apply for it with their uh, their nonprofit status. I was going to ask you, can can you apply for it? Because it's a bit of a process. It's better than the income based. It's not better. It's a different solution. I hate to say better because it's not, you know, everyone's mm-hmm. on a different path. But if you work for a government agency or certain types of nonprofit, you'll uh, qualify for it. And it's a 10-year ten, ten forgiveness program. Yeah. And I think this is where – so I have worked – because I work for this entity in parts, essentially. I was with them in the main office. Mm-hmm. Then I was contracted out. As a contractor, you can't apply for it because you have to be a full-time employee. employee. So – but I should be able to still apply other periods that I was so working I, with them or have to be I think like 10 gonna, years straight. I think you're going to have to ha- be employed full time with them. I don't know if they're going to – I doubt they're going to go back and qualify you on a 1099 status. Okay. But if I had breaks – so I was with uh, that organization as an employee in the okay. main office full time. I can still apply for that. But that was like 2017. I can still claim that, no? That we are going to have to look into. I don't know off the top of my head if you're going to be able to claim that. Um, I believe that it's, I want to say it's like 120 consecutive payments, perhaps. Or maybe it's just 120 qualifying payments. Um, We will have to look into that. Okay. As to whether or not you can go back and count. Um, but you definitely want to get the process started on that because I'm pretty sure you have to get certified to be in the program first. And obviously they don't make any of that easy. Um, and I, I'm pretty sure I have to continue to recertify. So I would go back and try and certify yourself for 
any period that you work for them and get all of those payments during that time frame to count. And they'll let you, they should let you know when you go through this process of sending in the documentation, whether or not that will count or not. And worst case is we just count it from now. And even if it's just from now as the worst case, I still think this is a really good option. Great. So, but have you, have you heard similar stories or people talking about how Mm -hmm. they were paying, they were a part of this program. It doesn't really work. I saw a New York times article that I couldn't even finish because it made me so upset. I was like, I don't, I feel like, I mean, we all are, we've all gotten duped with student loans, but that just made me feel even worse. Um, and I don't know. I'd yeah. love to hear your, your insights on it. it. It's a problem um, as to whether or not this this these services really work. There's been a lot of controversy that they don't work. The thing, mm-hmm. it, the way I look at it is we want to try and get it to work. The problem with the programs that I think is the reason they don't work or where people struggle is because it's a really convoluted process to be qualified and certified and know that you're in it and actually meet the requirements. So there's multiple requirements that you have to be meeting. Yeah. And so um, a lot of people don't do it. Like I had a girl who was – there's a certain school district that that you can work for and it will count as well. And she thought she had done it and there was like three steps and she had done two steps and they had told her she was all set and she wasn't all set. So three years of her work didn't count. Oh, that's messed up. Super messed up. But it's just that she had called and did everything she – because, you know – she was in the office with her mother and her mother was like, I told you to listen to Barbara. And she's like, I did, but they told me on the phone that I had it done. And she's like, don't listen to people on the phone, only listen to Barbara. And I was like, your daughter listened. <laughs> she did listen to me. But, you know, when you're calling the student loan company and they said, yeah, you got it all done. Like, yeah, you got step two done, but there's three steps. So you skip the third. So therefore nothing you did counts. So that that's a lot of the issue. And I have a really hard time with that because I don't think that three years of her work shouldn't count. That's not fair. That's now 13 years for her instead of 10. But those yeah. are the issues we're seeing. And a lot of these programs aren't haven't been around that long. So there's just not a lot of data on who's done it successfully either because some of them you know I think started in 2007 some start in 2000 I want to say 14 or 15 so it's just not a lot of data on this yeah yeah um and it's convoluted but it's still worth a shot yeah I still abs- worth a shot I definitely this. think it's worth absolutely absolutely worth a shot to go through and get this the one thing I will warn you and I warn everyone about this the onus is on you so I think a lo- yeah. one of the other problems is it's a lot of work on your end to get all the documentation because if there's going to be a question of whether or not it was done, the government's not going to provide you with that. You could be like, oh, I sent it to them. Like, do not rely on them. It has to all – you have to have all of your own documents, certified mail or FedEx stock. This is when it got delivered. This is who it was delivered to. You really need to – have it's almost an adversarial relationship you're going to have with this program where you're like okay I have everything here to show that you didn't do it the way you're supposed to that's the way I would treat it okay that's good going into it I've worked with the government before that's that's exactly how you have to do that okay okay that makes sense yeah so then if they come back and say oh you're not part of the program you can be like yes here I am here's the FedEx number here's who it was signed for on this date at this time here's a copy of everything I sent you here was the mail that you sent me back like that kind of thing. Okay. Because then you can fight it. But I definitely do, like, with the girl that before who didn't have it done right, like, she just didn't have enough. That's how I knew it was wrong because she was like, oh, well, this is what I have. I'm like, but that isn't everything that you needed to have and you don't have proof of – you don't know who you talked to. You don't know what at time – you know, like, all of that sort of – Yeah. Okay. 
that is really good to know and to think about. I would, so I would start with that program. I do think, though, because of your income and because you're living in such a low um, cost of living environment, mm-hmm. you could probably also look at or evaluate tackling it sooner. But I would first investigate this program. Yeah. And see how it goes with that. You'll, I'm, I mean, according to the um, government's website, you'll qualify working for the nonprofit. And so then we're on a 10-year program and you'd pay a percentage of your of your income and then it's forgiven. And if I'm correct, when it's forgiven with the public, the public service one, you don't have a tax bill. Okay. Um, the income-based repayment one, you do have a tax bill because when they discharge debt, it's treated as income in the year forgiven. And that's not the case with this program as far as I understand. Okay. So then that would be a really great option for you to do that. And then with your with the additional income, I didn't ask you how much you have saved, but we'll get into that. But we could use the money for another goal then. And then because your plan long term, if you got a master's, my guess would be that you plan on being in a public service profession long term. Yes. Yeah. Essentially, that's I mean, I I was like, oh, I'm going to always work for nonprofits, essentially. So why wouldn't I? I'll apply for this program and and it should, it should work out. But yeah, that's, that's the idea. I mean, the issue that I'm seeing in international development work, which I guess I'm like weighing more is just the issue with um, how you're paid contract service and that interrupting a lot of, I mean, time that you would have at a a nonprofit entity that would be applicable to, to that program. So I think that's where I, I like, I think a little bit about that just cause you know, you, you feel the instability and in their short term contracts and, yep. and, and that's, that's, uh, that's something I think that keeps, that I keep thinking about, which does make it seem a little bit more appealing maybe to like, while I am getting paid more and my costs are so low, think about paying it off. But yeah, that would be I think another option as well. Is just to be like, you know what, I'm just going to own this debt and I'm just going to tackle it on my own and not have to rely on a program. Yeah. It, to be honest, it will probably take you about the same amount of time, a little, maybe a little less. That's good to think about then. Yeah. Because if you think about it, depending on your interest rates, but if we were to allocate 1000 to 1200 or something a month, that's probably what probably we could tackle it, you know, with a bonus payment here and there or an extra payment here and there. We could probably tackle your loan in around 10 years, maybe 12. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be the same track and like around the time you're, but with the public service loan forgiveness program, you're going to have to put less money towards it with the hope that you stay engaged with a full-time status in a nonprofit. Well, then that seems like check that out first. Yes. And then consider option two. Exactly. If necessary. Because then what I was going to ask you is what do you, what are you, what is your saving? So do you have any credit card debt before we skip over? No, I pay it off every month. Okay, great. So uh, your only debt is your student loan. Yeah. Okay, and then what about savings? How is that? Do you have an emergency fund? Yes, I've always, I mean, I've just saved. I've always been a saver when okay. I can. Um, when I was living in New York, that went away. <laughs> New uh, York can do that to you. Yep, that was a goodbye. Goodbye <laughs> to all of the, of the savings and emergency funds. If you have three crises in a month, you're going to be on the street. It was like, you know, those moments. Brooklyn, loving living in Brooklyn. Um, but yeah, so now I, um, after this past year, I have about $12,000 savings, which is great. That's fantastic. Um, 
yeah, it's been a really, it's really, uh, helps me breathe easy a bit more. And now with this, I just got this raise, you know, last week, I'm just like, Oh my God, what am I going to do with all this money? So since Um, you got it last week, you haven't been paid yet, right? No, they're, they're, they're still working. Well, I got a, a half of a month, but they owe me a half a month. This, this is this organization. Just round and round we go. But I'll be, <laughs> I've already been on the phone with accounting today to be like, hi, so yeah, you still owe me half a month. So how much uh, did it come to you half a month after taxes? Just because your tax situation will be a little different because you're working out of country. This pay period's 2700 okay. But then with taxes, I'm at like almost 2100 Seems like a lot. No. So you got $2,100. And do you see on there that they take out Social Security um yeah fica taxes yeah cool social okay. security federal income tax uh medicare good and state income tax perfect okay so you're you're claiming new york state as residents technically so this is where I, I wonder with them because i gave them my um my family's address my mom's address in new jersey but it definitely took out some taxes from New York here. <laughs> doesn't You're seem spreading right. around your tax dollars, huh? <sighs> that doesn't that does not seem correct. So I should probably ask them about that, no? Yeah, I would ask them about that. So that I think that's a very fair question just to say why you know, I'm Yep. Taking a note of that. Yep, just because if you put down New Jersey as like the permanent residence where they're like using for correspondence and stuff, I would think it would be New Jersey. But, you know, I'm not an accountant, but I would definitely talk to your accounting department and then you can always run it by an accountant as well. Okay. Because um, even though you are working out of country, the government is still going to get their tax dollars. So I'm wondering why you're paying state. I mean, definitely to pay federal. I'm wondering why you're paying state if you don't have a state residence. But that is a good question for an accountant. Okay. And the accounting department and ask why they took out New York State tax. So, okay, good. So you've got an emergency fund, which is more than enough money for your monthly expenses. So then yeah. the next, and it looks like you'll be bringing in around 4200 a month. Mm-hmm. And it looks like you need somewhere, let's just add in the Netflix, Amazon Prime, and that jazz. Looks like you need like $250, $300 a month. Yeah. So you About. are going to have a surplus. God, you're going to have quite a surplus. Even if we say 300, you're going to have about, let's just say 3,800 extra a month if we give you 400 to live on. Woo-woo. Hey, you know what? If I were you, I would just bank this money for a year. That's what I want to do. That's my my instinct um if you could even if you save 3500 a month and you put 300 a month towards vacations and trips back to the state states and obviously those trips are going to cost more than 300 but you just so that you have a like add that to the emergency fund you can always pull from there if you need a trip back to the states but if you saved 3500 a month even 3000 a month oh my gosh this would be this will be really nice for you. Um, so 3500 a month times 12 months you would save $42,000 in a year. Wow, that is staggering. Well, I do have some things that I would like to do this year that would. Didn't now I tell you not... I was going to warn you I'm going to spend all of your money? <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy about it. Um, but I, I do. So I want to. Um, 
so in Honduras, my boyfriend and I are going to move into his house and I'm going to invest in essentially, he's built the whole thing. Okay. Um, and I'm going to do most of the furnishing. Okay. So this will help us get out of the city and stop paying, just stop paying rent, uh, and have just, you know, more control over your daily life. Sure. But, um, that also will, you know, be, that's a lot of, a lot of costs, um, to do all that. What, and what Not are you, yeah, what are you anticipating but, the cost be? Now he owns the home. Yes. Well, he, um, he has, he owns the land and built the home on it. Okay. Um, so there is a amount of the land that I'm going to pay by the end of the year. It's like $3,500. Okay. And then we're going to put both of our names on the deed. I was just going to make sure you protect yourself on that one. Yep. Yep. We've already talked about it. If my name's not on that deed, no, no. financial no. contribution. <laughs> exactly. Perfect. Uh, yeah. I'm, so. Okay, good. Uh-huh. So you'll protect yourself with that. Yeah, no, we talked about that. So that's all set. Cause I was like, I'm happy to help pay off the house, but I'd like, you know, pay off the land, but I'd want my name on the deed. And he was like, cool, let's do it. So we're moving forward with that. And he's spent probably triple that building the house. Okay. Um, and then you'll furnish so, it, but then that way when you do the deed, that'll like, at least you'll have ownership there. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And you need to protect yourself in any standpoint. I mean, buying property internationally is very different than in the U.S., so I don't know how that works. Yeah. Um, I've been trying to read up a little bit on it, but then I'm like, oh, that's December, but I should look more into it. Yeah, I would look into it and just see how it works with the government down there, like just so you have some more knowledge on it, even maybe pay for an attorney just to make sure that it's done the right way. Yeah, absolutely. I think – and it shouldn't be – expensive to do so either you know if I find an attorney which I know a few I guess which would yeah that would that wouldn't be hard but I know that foreigners can own land okay. so that's not an issue there um but looking into the details will be important for sure yeah definitely you just always want to protect yourself with those big purchases um so I'm kind of toying with this idea and I don't know if you're gonna love it because I'm gonna spend all your money but like you could kind of hunker down if you keep this income for like three or four years and literally wipe out all of your debt. I like that idea. I do. I think I've also, so another component that I'm playing with because I do feel the instability. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, yeah, three or four years that could happen. I'm like, or, but you, yeah, this, this organization has been a very good opportunity, but it has been rocky at times. So thinking about the practicality of it, like, will it last for this long? Um, you know, what, what happens if there's a change and I'm jobless in 18 months, two years. And I guess I've like, I've, I've thought, well, I'll have a great reserve, um, thinking about this year and thinking about like, you know, just having more emergency fund. But I've also been like, I want a passive income somewhere. So yeah, here's, here's what I'm thinking then. Maybe what we do is we get you qualified for the public service loan forgiveness just and while mm-hmm. you have this income, we just do it one year at a time, and we sock away as much money as you can for the next year. Yeah, get that savings emergency fund plus regular savings, you know, well over fifty thousand, and then we evaluate what do you want to do with it. Do you want to use it 
towards an investment property with passive income? Do you want to pay off a chunk of the loan? It gives you a lot of flexibility and freedom by having that saved up. Yeah, All these doors open for you. I also have been playing with the idea, and this is where, um, of starting a small business in Honduras um, and making an investment there that would, making an investment that would make sense. So I've thought about kind of leaning into uh, a developing local tourism and international tourism scene that's happening. And I kind of see an opportunity for doing, um, transportation even, but got like tours and, and other components. I've got like, I've been thinking about it and it's the transportation. You would make money hand over fist. Um, essentially you'd have to, the market would have to be there. Right. But, um, I think it's getting there. I think it's getting there. Like, and I see an opportunity where we could maybe start, you know, Honduras is not as developed as many other Central American countries, especially in tourism. So, yeah, part of me is just thinking about, you know, doing a shuttle service or um, creating something that is just more tourist friendly. And that is, I don't know, easily manageable while I'm also still working. Yay. That's the key. I love that idea. Exactly. I'm just like, I I want, I'd like to like really form some sort of passive income. And um, so I was thinking about even playing with the idea of investing in like a small bus, like, um, like a, like a, a micro bus. Okay. Um, or something like that. Um, and figuring out, I mean, we'd have to make alliances with local businesses yep. and, and um, hostels yeah. and yes, and insurance. Um, but now it even, see, you know, I was thinking about it last year and now with this raise, it seems even more feasible. And I wouldn't feel the pressure of making all of the other investments, like in the house and in the land, um, as much uh, now that I would have the extra income. But I don't know. You know, I'd, I I could see it working. You know, part of me is like, it would be great to have something started up um, where we'd use that vehicle. Mm-hmm. I, I think we've identified like a local, like a regular, um, a regular income stream, like with, a working with a private school that would be close by. So, you know, working with local families, that would be like an everyday income. And then um, leveraging the tourists is like more variable. Yeah. And like figuring out, because the, the, with the tourists, you would make a lot more, you'd obviously make a lot more money, but then, um, even my, my partner, he could like not work where he's working, work half the time and make double. Yeah. Make more money. Yeah. No, I think that's a really good option. I think here's, so here's what I would do since this is your first year making this type of money, I would really focus on saving as much of it as you can. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll give you a couple options. It'll let you decide, you know, do you want to throw 10000 at starting a business down there or 5000 at starting a business down there? Do you want to throw a chunk of it at your student loans and get them knocked off? Um, but it'll give you a lot of different options. Yeah. So I would do that. And I normally I- tell people to do retirement first. And I know I asked if you had retirement. Um, but because you have the amount of student loan debt and the job is not as stable – 
Um, I really would like to see you get a huge amount in savings and take this as an opportunity. And let's evaluate where it is next year. Does the job still feel a little unstable? Does it feel more sta- more steady that you think you're going to be able to do it for another two or three years? But I would maximize your savings for the next 12 months with this with this job and the fact that your cost of living is so low. Okay. I mean, that totally makes sense. I think I feel that push to be like, should we invest in something by the end of the year, but maybe just focusing on like the house and us transitioning into that space is, makes more sense. And then, you know, keep my costs low everywhere else. Yeah. I, cause I think for you to spend $3,500 for the house is one month for you. Yeah. And then yeah. even if you furnish it, I don't think that the furnishing is going to cost 3,500. Yeah. It or, shouldn't be. Or, or if it does, it's two months of money. So you save for 10 months, not 12, you know? And yeah. I would treat that as your investment for this year. And then the rest of it, I would sock away so that you have a really good kitty of cash and it's not going to make you very much. But then in a year, we can evaluate, like, does the job feel stable? Has the contract been renewed? Are you going to be making this income next year? What are we going to do? That sounds right. Yeah, because 12 months is going to go by really quickly. You will have made an investment in your future by having your name on a deed and investing in the home and the land. And then this will allow you to save up this amount of money in in 12 months, and you should have a better idea what's going on with the firm, with the company. And from that point, then you can decide, like, what am I – am I going to start a business? Do I want to invest these monies? Do I want to pay off my student loan debt? Did this – public service loan forgiveness program, is it working out? Is it not working out? But then you have a lot more control. Cash gives you control. Yeah. Starting to feel that again. Thank God. <laughs> it gives you, yeah, it gives you a lot of control. Love Brooklyn, but that's like a punch to the gut. Um, you're just like, oh, I had money and it's gone. It's all gone. It's all, yeah, uh, no, this is, this is a great situation that you've got yourself in. Now, one last question for you. You have a 403B right. through work? Yes. I would throw a little bit in there just so that that's going at the same time. Even if you do 5% of your income, maybe, mm-hmm. just so that you have something in there. It'll reduce the tax bite. 5% would be 3000 total that you'd be putting in there, but just so that you get that engine going too. I think that sounds like a good idea, especially I had so many years where I wasn't paying into, because I worked as a contractor in international development, or it wasn't paying into any sort of those accounts. Yeah, and even if you get it up, um, 10% is the goal. So if you wanted to do 10%, that's um, 6500 It'll reduce your taxable income. Um, so you could even throw 10% in there, and then everything else that you get after your expenses, I would sock into cash and see, is save as much as you can for the year, and then we can evaluate where we're going to go from there. Okay. That sounds like a plan. Does that make sense? Yeah, does that it, does make sense. Does it feel like it fits you? It does. Yeah. I think, um, I think that will, that will, yeah, that will actually make me feel like a, um, an adult. Okay. (laughs) I think you'll have less when like, let's like pretend we're in the future and you now have, you know, 50,000 or 55,000 in cash and you have 65 or maybe 10,000 in the retirement account, let's say it grew and you invested in the land and you have a house. I don't think you'll wake up with the panic about the student loan debt anymore because you're going to have built up the net worth side of your of your balance. If you think of it as like a seesaw, you'll have you'll starting you'll be starting to build up the positive side where the net worth side of it, not the debt side. You'll be having the savings yeah. side. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah. yeah. I don't think I ever asked how old you were. 
Oh, I, I don't think I, I don't think I let it slip, but I am a fresh 33. <laughs> oh, 33. Three, I like it. Yeah. 33. Three, 33. Three. So yeah. Starting to need to do those adult, much things. more grown up things. Yeah. The adult things. Absolutely. Well, I hope this has been helpful. It really has. I think it's helped me confirm a lot of my intuition too, you know, or it's like, I think so much of like financial feeling financially confident is being able to talk about it, but also trust your, well, yeah, trust your gut. Yeah. Trust your gut and trust your instincts. And I think this was, this was reassuring for me. Um, kind of that, like I, uh, I should, I should lean into this opportunity right now. And then think about, um, I'm still after that passive income some point, but think about how, how I'm going to get there um, while just creating more net worth. Yeah. The more net worth you have, the more options you have for passive income. Because you yeah. don't want to take a risk for the passive income and stress yourself out with it because it always takes a little bit longer and a little bit more money than you think. Yeah. So having that net, building up that net worth, getting the retirement going, you know, not aggressively, but getting it, getting in the game for the retirement, getting in the game for the, you know, more situated um, housing situation that's more cost effective, right, and gives you ownership, and then getting that net worth up will give, will set you up, will tee you up for the next step, which would then be passive income. That sounds like a roadmap. I like that. Okay. Well, so I'm just gonna we'll we'll wrap this up. So for our listeners, thank you for tuning in. Um, as always, you can check out our online classes at www.planancial.com. And if you like our podcast, please um, leave us a message, give us a like, so that we know that you like it and you're listening. And that's it for us. Thanks, Barbara. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan 
planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.